What's up, y'all? I'm sorry to interrupt, but I just want to take a minute of your time. Are you based in Charlotte? Are you looking for dessert catering for a party, an event, or even a late night snack? I know I have just what you need. One name at Mo Made It underscore desserts. What better way to satisfy your sweet craving and get lit than with some Hennessy cupcakes? Got a sweet tooth? She has anything and everything you need. Y'all, I'm talking cupcakes, cakes, chocolate-covered strawberries, chocolate-covered pretzels, cake pops, brownies, cupcake jars. You name it, she got it. And she does custom orders. And she's super affordable. I can guarantee your taste buds will be satisfied. Make sure y'all follow my show me on Instagram at MoMadeIt underscore desserts. That is at M-O-M-A-D-E-I-T underscore desserts. Go to her for all of your baked goods needs. Oh, and one more thing. Tell her Keek sent you. What time is it? Then let the black nation rise. What I'm going to say will be in two parts. The first part will be talking about black women in the struggle, and it's called Queens of the Universe, because black women be queens. If they could just see their beauty, you see. We black women have been called many things. Foxes, matriarchs, sapphires, sisters, and recently, queens. I would say that black women have been a combination of all them words, because if we examine our past history at one time or another, we've had to be like them words be saying. But today, there are some roads we can discard. There be some we must discard for our own survival, for our own sanity, for the contributions we must make to our emerging black nation. And what, how we must move to as the only queens of this universe to sustain, keep our sanity in this insane, messed up, die-conscious, pill-taken, masochistic, mis-and-orientated society gots to be dealt with. Cause that's us. You all hear me? Us. Black women. The only queens of this universe. Even though we be stepping unqueenly sometimes, like it ain't easy being a queen in this unrighteous world full of Miss Anns and Mr. Anns, but we steady trying. Women have been uh, traditionally, historically, uh, tremendously important to any oppressed people in the sense of making it possible for an oppressed people to survive, making it possible for them to pass on uh, some of the traditions and culture of a people when uh, the existence of a man was seriously threatened from from day to day and from week to week and month to month. And so really for that reason, we uh, call the the church the Shrine of the Black Madonna to symbolize not only the religious significance of Mary as the mother of Jesus, but the significance of all black women and the generations of struggle and sacrifice that black women have made in making it possible for black people to survive and come to this day. It's also important that we realize that in this day, the, the uh, role of black women has changed because we're much more clear about what uh, the uh, liberation struggle is all about. And black women have the task now of creating 
uh, young black people, black children and black adults who can participate in, the, in a liberation struggle that seeks for independence and for freedom and for community control and the things which are important to people who are seriously engaged in liberation. What's up, what's up, what's up? <laughs> Welcome to another segment of Meninge Trois. I'm your hostess, Keeks, and I would like to welcome you to my podcast. What's up, y'all? Hopefully, you all have been having an amazing week. We are here for another uh, another episode for the for the Culture series. Ooh. Amen. And let me go ahead and introduce my special guest, the beautiful, the illustrious, the awesome <laughs> Nature Valley. Hey, guys. Hello. Y'all, I have a lot of energy. I had a cup of coffee like a couple <laughs> of hours ago and I'm I'm, I'm wired. So it's going to be a lot of passion, a lot of y'all can't see me moving, but I, I'm just wired and I got a lot of energy. So I'm just going to let you guys know that. Um, But make sure you follow Nature Valley. You guys can find her podcast on Anchor, on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Radio Public, Breaker, Stitcher, Pocket Cast, Overcast, and, Co- and Cast Box. The Ooh. name of her podcast is at I Just Want to Fucking Know. Again, the name of her podcast is I Just Want to Fucking Know. And make sure you follow her Twitter pod, her Twitter podcast account at IJWTFK. Again, that's at IJWTFK. Make sure y'all follow my love. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. So the formalities for this segment. Make sure y'all listen to my last episode talking about toxic masculinity featuring the Apex. Also, make sure you guys follow his podcast at at Podcast About Nothing. Again, you can find his podcast on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Radio Public, Breaker, Stitcher, Pocket Cast, Overcast, and CastBox. I'm telling y'all, all of these episodes, trying to make sure they flow really well and just go into each other. So make sure y'all follow <laughs> him. Follow my other podcast team at S.F.A. Charlotte. Available on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Radio Public, Breaker, Stitcher, Pocket Cast, Overcast, and CastBox. Make sure y'all listen to our episode about Black love. It's a beautiful thing. Another part coming. Part two coming soon. And finally, follow my social media accounts at Meninge Trois. I know y'all got something y'all want to say about these episodes. I know y'all not just agreeing with everything. I know it's somebody out there that disagree with what's being said. Go ahead. Offer, offer your, your perspectives. I want to know, and I want, I want to hear what you all have to say. So make sure y'all follow me at Meninge Trois on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. At this point, if you're not following me, you ought to be ashamed of yourself. But I digress. <laughs> We're going to go ahead and get into this material. So today, we are going to be talking about misogyny. I know in the last episode, me and the Apex were supposed to talk about it, but, you know, due to time and things like that, we didn't get to it. So I'm like, you know what? It's okay. Me and Nature Valley, we're going to go ahead and talk <laughs> all about misogyny. Get y'all to break down the history. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. I hope y'all excited. I'm I'm really excited. I learned a I'm lot. I'm excited. <laughs> right. And doing some research about this. It's very interesting. Look at the history of misogyny. So, 
to go ahead and get us started, I'm going to introduce the core questions that we have. And, you know, it's probably going to be more questions we're going to ask along the way. But anywho, the first question we have is, what is misogyny? Two, what's the difference between misogyny and sexism? Three, going over the history of misogyny, what misogyny looks like back then, you know, pre-19th century versus today. Mm-hmm. Four, going over patriarchy, talking about what it is and how it's maintained within American culture and how is it maintained within Black culture. And finally, how does this impact Black love and Black relationships? Mm. Nature Valley, you ready? Yes, ma'am. Let's mess them up. All right. <laughs> so again, y'all already know that before or when talking about something, I always like to start off with the definition, you know, give y'all the breakdown of the language so we can really understand what it is and then just build on from there. So one thing I noticed is that people get misogyny and sexism confused. It's mm-hmm. like people use them as if they're, mis- they're synonymous and they're not. Mm-hmm. So in breaking down the terminology, I just wanted to go ahead and explain the difference between the two in addition to introducing other terminology that's clustered with misogyny. So we're going to go ahead and we're going to do that for y'all. Yes, ma'am. But also before we get into those definitions, I just wanted to uh, make note that just like racism, as we've talked about in, you know, the previous episodes and all other, you know, systems and things like that, that exist in America, all of these definitions exist within the binary and absolutely could not exist without it. So the binary that I'm talking about in this would be the gender binary that exists in America that is man and woman. Um, And then just like racism, you know, those things are um, kind of attempted to be explained through, uh, what do you call that stuff? Uh, biology so physiology yeah so they equate man to a certain genitalia or a certain body type or whatever and they equate woman to that so I think that was um, important to note did you want to get into these definitions yes ma'am so I'm gonna go ahead and uh, define misogynist and then misogyny and I'm going to tell you all in these definitions, I got different sources, you know, because I like to give you all a variation. If I just give you the same source every time, I feel like that just kind of narrows the perspective. So I wanted to, mm-hmm. you know, make it a little diverse just to show the difference within the language, if there is any and if there isn't, you know, whatever. <laughs> so a misogynist, according to Google, is a person who dislikes, despises or is strongly prejudiced against women. According to the Merriam-Webster Dictionary, a misogynist is a person who hates women. They are characterized by or expressing misogyny or hatred of women. Where did they, well, never mind, whatever. Okay. (laughs) Now, to define misogyny, according to Google, misogyny is the dislike of contempt for or ingrained prejudice against women according to Maureen Adams and she's the author of this wonderful book that I uh I was introduced to while in college it's called the oh darn I should have looked this up beforehand (laughs) um let me go ahead get that for y'all really quick 
Maury Ann Adams. She's the author of the book, Social Diversity and Social Justice. This is a great book if you want to know the breakdown of various systemic oppressive systems like racism, sexism, homophobia, classism, ageism, ableism. This book mm. is a great introduction to breaking down all of these various oppressive systems. So she defined misogyny as a hatred or distrust of women. Again, that's to quote Maureen Adams. If I was to differentiate the difference between misogynist and misogyny, hmm, I feel like a misogynist pertains to a person mm -hmm. despising or having a prejudice and being discriminatory towards a woman or women. So a person could be a misogynist. Misogyny, I would say that's more so of the implicit actions behind it. Mm -hmm. The things that we don't, we see, but we don't really see. The system within itself being maintained. So for example, it's an example of misogyny. We're going to talk about how hip hop culture is a perpetuator to misogyny. Whereas a man can be a misogynist, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. But yeah, that's misogynist and misogyny. Uh, la, 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 la. Let me see. Next, we have chauvinist and chauvinism. Now, when I first heard these terms, <laughs> I've heard about them, but I never understood what they really meant. So again, you know, see, I, I was learning a lot today. So I went ahead and broke down the definition of these terms because I saw them as synonyms and clusters within the terminology I was already looking up, you know, and looking up misogyny and sexism and sexist and things like that. So I just wanted to go ahead and give you all a breakdown of chauvinist and chauvinism. According to Google, a chauvinist is a person displaying aggressive or exaggerated patriotism, showing or relating to excessive or prejudiced loyalty or support for a particular group of cause mm -hmm. according to the cambridge oxford dictionary a chauvinist is a person believing or showing an unreasonable belief that your own country or race is the best or most important believing that or behaving as if women are naturally less important intelligent or able than men crazy because chauvinist is um it's it's almost like racism yeah and being ethnocentric mm -hmm. so interesting the connections between all of this <laughs> so chauvinism according to google chauvinism i hope i'm saying that right i'm saying that right right yeah that's right oh, okay <laughs> chauvinism according to google is an exaggerated or aggressive patriotism it's excessive or prejudiced support for one's own cause, group, or sex. According to vocabulary.com, a chauvinist is someone who is blindly and enthusiastically, they are blindly and they enthusiastically believe in the superiority of his cause or people. Mm -hmm. Wow, they automatically label a chauvinist as being a male. <laughs> That's interesting. But I digress. Um, next, we have sexist and sexism. According to Google, 
according to the Google. What? <laughs> according to Google, to be sexist is to be characterized by or showing prejudice, stereotyping, or discrimination typically against women on the basis of sex. According to dictionary.com, to be sexist is relating to, involving, or fostering sexism or attitudes and behavior towards someone based on the person's gender. Mm. I kind of want to break down the different or just kind of touch on the difference between a misogynist and sexist. Being a misogynist and being sexist because I feel like people will be like, oh, you're being sexist if you're not being inclusive to women. Mm. If you're not being inclusive to women, that's being a misogynist. That's not being sexist. I feel like it's a type of sexism, but it doesn't automatically assume that you're not being inclusive to women. I feel mm. like a lot of times people use sexism and even in the Google definition, they said typically, like it's a form of discrimination, typically against women. Any sexism can exist. It can occur. It can occur to any gender, mm-hmm. male, female, transgender, and I feel like it applies to any gender identity. So I do find that interesting. The difference between the Google definition and the dictionary.com definition. See, y'all, this is why it helps to have various sources because you get one source, it's not always inclusive, you know. Um, but that's the difference between being sexist and being a misogynist. Being a misogynist is to be discriminatory towards women, whereas being sexist is being discriminatory towards someone because of their gender. Mm. When you get more into the specifics of it, if if you're being discriminatory towards a man, if you're being discriminatory towards a woman, then that's when I feel like you start touching on terminology like misogyny or misogynist. Okay. (laughs) So next we have sexism. According to Google, Sexism is the prejudice, stereotyping, or discrimination typically against women uh, on the basis of sex. Again, Google with, you know, automatically assuming it's against women. According to the Encyclopedia Britannica, Mm -hmm. sexism is the prejudice or discrimination based on sex or gender, especially against women and girls. Again, they're clustering it towards women. This is so interesting. Um, and as mentioned before, the author Maureen Adams, she defined sexism as discrimination on the basis of sex. So again, she didn't say specifically or typically happens to women. She said it depends on the sex or the gender of the person. You're being discriminatory towards a person based on their gender identity. Mm. Then finally, we have patriarchy. I hope y'all taking notes on all this. I ain't do all this stuff for my health, y'all. So we have patriarchy and then a patriarchal society. According to Google, patriarchy is a system of society or government in which the father or eldest male is the head of the family and descent is traced through the male line. I have three definitions, by the way. I probably should have said that at first. That's the first definition. Two, Patriarchy is a system of society or government in which men hold the power and women are largely excluded from it. Three, patriarchy is a society or community organized on patriarchal lines. According to the Cambridge Oxford Dictionary, patriarchy is defined as 
the control by men rather than women or both men and women of the most of most of the power and authority in a society that did not come out right (laughs) patriarchy is also the control by men rather than women or both men and women of most of the power and authority in a society Mm -hmm. that's patriarchy now a patriarchal a patriarchal society according to thoughtco.com they define a patriarchal society as uh, I guess you can say a community it consists of a male dominated power structure throughout organized society and in individual relationships power is related to privilege in a system in which men have more power than women men have some level of privilege to which women are not entitled Whew. <laughs> Lord, that was a lot of definitions. You just said it was a lot to read. You know what I'm saying? But hopefully, in explaining all this, it helps different. Different. You all have a good understanding of the difference between the terms misogynist and misogyny pertains to being exclusive to women, having mm-hmm. a discrimination and a prejudice towards women, being a chauvinist. I feel like chauvinist and chauvinism is having an attitude that the group that you identify with is best, whether Mm -hmm. that's a racial identity, a gender identity, or a nationality. That's what I got from chauvinism. And I don't think I'm going to add something else. No, it's okay. (laughs) Sexist, to be sexist and sexism is to be discriminatory towards a person based on their gender identity that doesn't necessarily means that to be sexist means to be a misogynist i feel like misogyny is a type of sexism but i just want to emphasize that sexism goes both ways you can't just be sexist and automatically be discriminatory towards women there's ways you can be discriminatory towards men or you know people of other gender identities as well and patriarchy is pretty much a system of power and a hierarchy in which men have the authority they have positions of power and they have more power than women Mm -hmm. um the definitions of patriarchy really didn't they weren't inclusive to other gender identities and as nature valley mentioned before all this terminology was really binary meaning they only pay attention to men or women they didn't look at other gender identities but that's pretty much patriarchy and a patriarchal society. Before you continue, I just wanted to point out um, just sexism as a word. Like, I wanted to kind of make this distinction in the beginning, but I forgot. Like, mm-hmm. gender and sex are not the same thing. And I hear it, like, interchangeable or used interchangeably all the time. Gender mm-hmm. is, like, the society's... Um, what do you even the society's the society's value on basically what is in your pants mm. ultimately but sex is literally your biology like if you were born with a vagina if you were born with a penis if you were born without either of those if you were born with both of those like sex is more inclusive so i think the term sexism is really interesting specifically since the definition says that it's based on um 
discrimination against women like women is a gender a woman is a gender a female is a sex you know but in the sex so the sexism definition says prejudice stereotyping or discrimination typically against women on the basis of sex so it covers like gender and sex but like the sexist definition just says characterized by or showing prejudice stereotyping or discrimination typically against women um on the oh so it does say the same thing but i think that it's interesting that like most emphasize like gender the gender is most emphasized rather than a sex and i feel like it should be called genderism or genderist or something like that since Mm -hmm. it's focused on the gender most heavily and not the sex like very interesting yeah it's like like again like how they try to root race in a bio- biological factor but it kind of just like falters like it's the same thing with gender because you can't really base gender solely on um like the sex or whatever so i just thought that would be interesting to point out i'm happy that you said that because honestly i thought it was the other way around like i thought your sex was one of those things where it was like okay male or female mm. and then gender I don't know. I honestly, I thought that they were the same thing, but I'm happy that you said that. I'm definitely, I'm going to look into that. Maybe we can make an episode about that. You know, yeah. we can talk about that in our next episode. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Well, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Definitely got to talk about that in the next episode. Um. So now we're going to talk about the history of misogyny. So the history of misogyny dates back as far as the beginning of time. That's mm-hmm. what I found in doing my research. In African culture, I'm unsure of the specific timeline, but I saw that in European culture, they had it dated back to as early as the 8th century. And I have a story I'm going to share after I get through some other stuff I want to talk about. Mm-hmm. But um, basically breaking down how different components of African and European cultures, um, how they both practice misogyny in different ways. Mm -hmm. So one area I want to touch on is the story of creation, the creation story, you know, the beginning of the Bible, how man, how God created man and woman, Adam, Adam and Eve, and uh, God gave Adam dominion over the land, over the animals, over Eve. And then he gave them the Garden of Eden, told them not to eat from the tree of knowledge. Eve got tempted by the serpent, ate from the tree of knowledge, gave it to Adam. Adam bit the apple, and then they were banished from the Garden of Eden and introduced to the world and all that. (laughs) So I'm going to talk about this. I found this to be very interesting. But I do have um, a quote that I got from an article. It's called The Pandemic of Violence Against Women, Mm. the latest chapter in the history of misogyny. So pretty much the quote I have touches on the history of misogyny within European culture. It says the story of Genesis and Jewish tradition. The other was the story of Pandora. In both myths, the woman came into existence after the man and destroyed the harmony between the creators and the man. In Hesiod's version, the race of men, oh, I guess that's the Greek mythology part. In Hesiod's version, the race of men. Now I'm going to read an excerpt from this amazing book. Um, 
I kidnapped from a from a professor. I won't say any names. It's called African Religion, and this was written by Lorenti Magessa. And I'm just going to read an excerpt of the creation story that is told within the Dinka. Uh, I don't even want to say tribe or clan, so I feel like those terms are just very... Mm-hmm. They just have negative connotations, but um, the Dinka culture is pretty much like a... Mm, I guess you could say like an ethnicity within African culture. Mm-hmm. And they have a Dinka myth about the cre- the story of creation. So I'm going to go ahead and read this excerpt to you. It states, God created in the beginning a man and a woman. And the earth was so near to the sky that men on earth could easily reach God in the sky by a rope which stretched between them. Sickness and death were unknown and a single grain of millet was sufficient for a day's food. God forbade them to pound more than this single grain, but the woman wanted more food and began to pound more grain with the long-handed pestle the Dinka used. In doing so, she struck God, who withdrew above and sent a finch to sever the rope, which once had allowed man to easy access him. Therefore, man has since had to work hard to get his food and death and sickness unknown when God and man were near together are his lot. I just want to make a note or just mention how I find it so interesting that in every creation story that I have come into contact with, women have always been the blame for the downfall of man. And I know I have this, uh, I have a question for you, Nature Valley. Do you feel like this continuous narrative do you feel like this is a perpetuation of misogyny or patriarchy or both i feel like misogyny is a function of patriarchy so patriarchy for me would be like the system in place right and then misogyny would just be a byproduct of that so i feel like it's both okay um yeah i i definitely agree and i know for me like when i was reading this i'm like the fact that this is a common narrative and it's so repetitious, like just seeing how it parallels to European culture. And I know someone even argue, well, European culture got their influence from African culture, which I'm not surprised by. I mean, <laughs> I will go on a whole rant about that. I'm going to say that for another day. Um, but the fact that this narrative is so common, I feel like, why is it that women are seen as being the blame for the downfall of men? And even in going to church and my experiences and having pastors explain the story of creation and things like that, I always found it to be interesting that women were always blamed as being the reason. No, either eat the damn apple, we'll be good, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. Um And I was talking to a very special someone about this and he offered a perspective. So I'm going to go ahead and share a perspective that he said and, you know, we're going to talk about it. So he said women can be a distraction to men and a temptation because in each parable, the woman was a distraction and tempting men with something. So I (laughs) challenged this in saying If anyone who knows the story of creation, you'll kind of understand, like, that's how come I mentioned it before, too, that when God 
made Adam, he gave Adam dominion over everything, including Eve. So Mm -hmm. in listening to this perspective, I'm saying if God gave Adam dominion over everything, including Eve, then is men's projection of, quote, women being a temptation or distraction, end quote, an escape for men to blame women for humanity's downfall instead of taking responsibility and holding themselves accountable for not utilizing the authority or the dominion that God bestowed upon them. Mm. And you blaming Eve for, you know, being the reason for the downfall of men, is that your way of basically not taking responsibility or ownership for the fact that, you know, men had a role in this too. If God gave, if God supposedly gave men all this, all this authority and all this dominion, then why didn't Adam just step in and say, no, this ain't what we doing. God mm-hmm. said, don't do it. We ain't going to do it. But no, he just, you know, went ahead and ate the apple. And I feel like with this mentality or this kind of rhetoric, I feel like this further, perpetuates misogyny because you have men who have these kind of attitudes like you know well, if it wasn't for Eve wait out you know we'll be good and with that kind of attitude you, you become a misogynist because you automatically place blame on women for the hardship of all of humanity and even if it was like something as simple as eating from the tree of knowledge, like obviously after they did that, you know, all ties was broke, you know, it was cast out from the garden of Eden. And now, you know, we have to work for everything and sin was brought into the world. And it's like all of this tragedy happened. So I feel like that is a, a strategy to further misogyny within religion itself. And I can be honest in saying that this was an issue that I had in religion specifically in christianity because you know it seemed like it wasn't always inclusive to women and that's one thing about uh not just african culture but european culture as well when it comes to religion and spirituality women always had roles that were submissive to men and I may be wrong because I know there are a few books in the Bible that, you know, there's Ruth, there's Habakkuk, there's, uh, I I can't think of another one, but (laughs) I don't know if there were times where women were leaders in the sense that they had very authoritative roles in the scripture. So I can, I can be honest in saying that's something I'm not knowledgeable about, but I'm just saying a lot of times, like you hear more about the male prophets and things like that you hear more preachings and sermons about those prophets but you don't hear much about the roles of women and even then the roles of women were always being submissive to man but that's just um my take on this i'm definitely gonna start a pot on this one that's fine that's fine i think another interesting thing to note is like And I think it goes along with what you were saying. If God gave dominion over, you know, if God gave men dominion over women, how could he be so easily tempted by something that would seemingly be not even just minuscule, but also like much less powerful than you? Like, how could you be tempted if you're so powerful and you're so like, you know, um, anointed by God, well, how could you be so tempted by a woman to just, you know, so easily give in to a simple request, you know? Right. 
Like, it's like, I don't know. It just doesn't line up. And for me, also, it's just like, ah, dang, I lost my thought. What was I going to say? Um, what was I going to say? Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. Come back to me. I, I'll remember it later. Okay. I know some people are going to say, like, because I heard this before, too, like, God mm-hmm. gives us a choice and that's what they chose at the time and I understand and I just want people to know and understand and be aware of the ways that religion can mm-hmm. perpetuate misogyny mm-hmm. and only show women in so many ways and when it comes to something as powerful as penetrating as religion it's very important to note that because people follow these things and I've been I've had experiences in churches where I've heard pastors like say, you know, women are only supposed to do this. Mm-hmm. Women are not supposed to do this. Like, um, listen, listen, <laughs> listen, listen, listen. I feel that, I mean, granted, you know, the biology of men and women is different, but I feel like in, in hearing rhetoric like that, in addition to being in a society that perpetuates patriarchy it almost makes us put women into this cookie cutter box where it's like a woman can only be this and you can't be anything outside of this if you be anything outside of this then it's a threat to masculinity Mm -hmm. then a man feels less of a man or you're not allowing a man to be a man what really is like what if you're not allowing me to be a woman right Mm -hmm. um so that's just something I wanted to know because again, that was something that I recognized, not just in reading, you know, the scripture, but in also in attending church and hearing some of the things and that pastors and preachers would say, and even seeing it within the church, like seeing more male ministers and male pastors than female pastors mm-hmm. and uh, things like that. But that's uh, spirituality and religion. Oh, can I, I remember now? <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. So my thing was like, for me, it sounds like, okay, so as a piece, okay, so the Bible, (laughs) I got to get my thoughts together. So the Bible is a piece of literature Mm -hmm. and we're taught very early on that literature has motivation. It has an audience. It has a speaker and a voice and all of this stuff that goes into a piece of literature when it's created. So when you think, or when I think of like, why a passage was written that way even like the folklore so the um spoken um literature if you will like why it was written that or written written that women (laughs) that women were like completely the downfall my first thing is like okay well who was writing this what was their motivation what does this have to say about the speaker because it's like oftentimes when and I think this just goes back to what you were saying like it complete whenever a a person is completely blaming someone for something like you said it completely exemplifies them from blame like right but also it makes me feel like like if somebody is like so if you think of a child if a child stole a cookie and like there was another person near that they could blame for stealing the cookie so that they wouldn't get in trouble they're gonna blame the other child and for me it seems like that exact same situation like okay there's a man and a woman in this situation I probably ate the apple or whatever like me being the man in this situation like I ate the apple but there was a woman in this situation who if I just rewrite the entire story since I have that power 
like then she could become the villain you know what I mean so then it kind of just gets you to challenge like okay like again what is the purpose of this verse that I'm reading also how does that play into how society is constructed like then it becomes like was the verse constructed to form like help propel this vision of order in society or was the verse like a product of society and I really feel like it was like just like the uh, um, creation story created ideally what it means to be a man or not even ideally but basically what it means to be a man and what it means to be a woman um, it also created like the structure of patriarchy and the structure of misogyny within those so like I don't know which came first so I don't know if like the Bible um, perpetuates misogyny or if uh, misogyny was created by the Bible, you know what I mean? But yeah. I think it's interesting to like kind of try and challenge that, you know? Right. And I remember being in church and even reading the breakdown, I probably should have put that in here, but like even when God came to Adam and asked him, what did you do? He's, mm-hmm. He immediately pointed the finger to Eve. She did. Exactly. She did like, he didn't even take ownership or responsibility for his own actions. He immediately pointed the finger. So, again, like, what does that say? Especially it, with religion being so powerful within this country, um, specifically Christianity, like, a lot of people see the Bible as being their go-to for all. Mm-hmm. Like, the Bible is the the written it's a living word it's it's a living I don't even want to say living document but it's the it's the living word and people reference it as Mm -hmm. the correct uh the correct source to go to to see how Mm -hmm. society was structured and things like that and I know some people are going to disagree with me on this but that's (laughs) that's fine you know but like you said, I like it does make you wonder, like, okay, was this written to maintain patriarchy or was this written as a result of patriarchy? I think that is very important mm-hmm. to note and recognize. Okay, so now we're going to move forward to society and culture. I found this to be interesting. Um, I didn't hear about this until doing research on it, but during the 17th century, Witch trials and witchery. All this pertains to witchcraft. This is um, something that I just noticed in reading, and it actually did have me kind of go like, hmm, that is very true. (laughs) So when it comes to witchcraft and witchery, immediately when you think of a witch, you think of a woman, right? So Mm -hmm. I guess during the 17th century, because in the context of American culture... During the 17th century, women held positions of power. And when holding those positions of power, a lot of times those were in the forms of witchcraft or witchery. And women who held these positions were murdered when their powers were not used in a way that contributed to the church or patriarchal societies. And again, this is within the American culture. I'm not sure how it is for other cultures. I'll have to research that. But I have two quotes from, again, the, uh, oh, this is a different article, a feminist perspective on the history of women as witches. The first quote says, witches acted as healers of the sick, were able to see the future, and could cast protection and good fortune for those in need. 
This was not seen as a threat to the church when practiced with good intention. So again, if witches weren't using their power to help further the agenda of the church or be contributors to patriarchal societies, because again, churches were ran by men, mm-hmm. then they were murdered. They were killed because they're not contributing to further the agenda of the church or church, uh, further the agenda of a patriarchal society. The other quote says, and this is a continuum or a piece from uh, the quote, Others were accused of using their supernatural abilities with malice by wielding power through the occult. This mastery was called witchcraft. The Puritan clergy believed that the people who practiced witchcraft were possessed or doing the devil's work. Mm-hmm. Puritan, I think, I hear Puritan, I think white, to be completely honest. <laughs> um, and there's a, move, a TV show I'm watching on Netflix right now. I believe it's called... Um, always a witch but mm. it's about a woman she's a black woman she was a witch and i watched like the first couple of episodes she was burned at the stake because you know a lot of times that's how they killed witches they burned them alive and if you i guess if you survived the burn you survived the fire then you know it's like oh my gosh you really are a witch <laughs> but in this tv show she she was a slave you know she was, uh, her family was split apart, torn apart and whatever, but she had healing powers. She could heal people. And there was a clip of her healing this man who had these terrible gushing whips on his back. And she just like rubbed his back with some paste she made and it healed. So in this TV show, when she was being sold as a slave, the family who purchased her, the son fell in love with her. He liked her a lot. So the parents found out about this and they basically was like, what did you do to our son? You cast a spell on him. Why is he like, why is he so swooned by you? You're a witch. And it's even more messed up because the dad killed his own son because he felt like he was Mm. bewitched by this woman, you know, because she's a witch and she has these powers. She put a spell on him. That's why he's so infatuated with her. That's why he's so attracted to her. And he, quote, he said this, this probably isn't verbatim, but he said, no son of mine would be under the spell of the devil. And he shot his son and he died. Mm. That's, that's very, very messed up. Um, but you hear about witch hunts and you never hear about them hunting after wizards or warlocks, because that's what the male version of a witch would be called, a wizard or a warlock. You always hear about witches, which is the woman, you know, practicing witchcraft, being burned and being murdered mm-hmm. and being sought after, but you never hear about this happening with men. Why is that? Is that a, um, a tactic to further... Uh, is that a practice of misogyny? Yes. Were they misogynists? Yes. Is that to further the practice of patriarchy? Yes, because again, that's men using their privilege and their power to uh, be discriminatory towards women. And again, if this was an area where women held the highest authority, they attacked it. They murdered them. They killed them. 
And I actually do want to uh, look into witchcraft in relation to Black culture, but that's going to be a whole nother episode. <laughs> so I definitely find that to be interesting. But that was just something I noticed. I'm like, that is so right. Like, even on this show on Netflix, I didn't get far, but, you know, she's burned at the stake. Where the, where the men at? Mm-hmm. Are you saying that men didn't have these same powers? And if they didn't, then that's a whole nother, you know, whole nother can of worms. But that was just something that I noted from back then. And then... When talking about misogyny now, we have a few things that we thought of right away. Religion, as we already mentioned, Christianity, specifically within Christianity, women not having leadership roles or authoritative roles within a church. Mm-hmm. You know, you have clergy men. You don't hear much about clergy women. You have nuns, but a nun, I don't feel like, I'm not fully, uh, informed about the roles of nuns compared to the roles of a clergyman or the role of a priest but I do feel that people see priests as having very it's a very authoritative figure and they have a lot of power mm-hmm. how often do you hear about women priests or mm-hmm. priestess you don't hear about priestess I've never seen a uh a, a, um, a priestess in relation to Catholicism I've seen my share of black female pastors um in a church but again not every church practices that because mm-hmm. again i've heard some pastors say a woman don't supposed to be a pastor she's supposed to be the first lady mm-hmm. but she's not supposed to be a pastor um and then even within presidency and politics we have yet to have a female president i know we had some run but the question is not about whether they run the the question is did they make it to presidency no so religion politics those were the only two things we thought of right away (laughs) um and then getting more specific to misogyny within black culture hip-hop music Mm -hmm. definitely hip-hop music um i feel like I'm I, I'm trying to think of a song. I feel bad that I can't think of one right away, but just just go ahead and pay attention to the lyrics of songs that you're hearing today. And how will you know if they're misogynist, if they are being degrading to women, if they are demeaning women, if they are stereotyping women, if they are being discriminatory towards women mm-hmm. in a sense that women are only seen as seen as being sexual prizes and things like that. Um, what else? Misogyny within black culture. Uh, the black church, mm-hmm. I definitely would say, you know, not having women as leaders or having women fulfill leadership roles within a black cult, the black church is definitely another one. I would say even like just within the black family, there's so much misogyny going on. Mm. Like, what I can think of immediately is just like the what do you call it so all right so this goes into a little bit more than just um misogyny on a surface but I want to talk about like how if there's a girl in the house like say I'm in the house and I have my uncles over or something I don't have any uncles but let's just say I I did getting to I'm listening and then it's immediately oh your uncles are coming over cover up 
Yeah. First, like, that's sick because, first of all, my own family is objectifying my body as something that would be desirable by a family member. And second of all, like, why would a man, a family-related man, want to see me in that light? Like, it's misogynistic because I'm being degraded by a man. But it's also just disgusting that, like, a family member would even be normalized as someone that could see me in that way, you know? Exactly. And it happens so much. Mm -hmm. I don't feel like this just happens in the Black community, but I know it happens so much Mm -hmm. within the Black community. And then why can't y'all, like, why am I being, I mean, I understand, okay, you know, being told to cover up, but again, like, why aren't y'all criticizing the men? It's just like the whole message of women being the seductress right right Mm -hmm. wearing little clothes like why are we always told to cover up our bodies and act a certain way rather than telling men no you need to learn how to control your penis control your Mm -hmm. your your sex you know like that's how you further i'm so happy that you said that (laughs) oh my gosh but when you police that's 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 a contributor to rape culture for one because like Mm -hmm. you're telling a woman to cover up, but what are you telling the man to do? Mm-hmm. And how to dress and how to behave and all of this, but what are we telling men to do? Mm-hmm. How is this to men? And then it's like, if a woman does get sexually assaulted or sexually harassed or sexually abused, did you see what she was wearing? Oh, mm-hmm. so now clothes basically determines if a woman is asking for rape or not. Mm-hmm. Like, what? I'm so happy that you said that. definitely 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 and these are just things that we want people to think about because again like these things just happen and people don't always be mindful of these things but we're here so you know go ahead and offer you know challenge your way of thinking um trying to think what's another one uh i would say Hmm. Any, and I know I kind of pose this as a question, but anything that maintains patriarchy is a sign of misogyny because patriarchy is the system that upholds men as being, as having all the power and authority. Mm -hmm. And as we see, whenever men have all the power and all the authority, they are not inclusive to women or they basically police women and telling women, this is what you can be. This is what you can't be. Mm-hmm. So essentially anything that uh, perpetuates that kind of rhetoric is misogynist. Um, and then I also wanted to add that, you know, women having roles that were domesticated being housewives, Mm -hmm. being queens, or being princesses. These are common roles within American culture. These are just some of the roles, you know? If we're talking about what happened in the uh, roles within the Black community, like women being um, hmm. women being I feel like when it comes to the black community it's different because essentially everything about black culture within america is just so different 
Mm-hmm. There's this quote by Zora Neale Hurston. I can't think of it, mm-hmm. but she was basically saying that like black folks have to learn things in ways that are different, in mm-hmm. at least in the context of America. But I feel like misogyny within a black household was an example that Nature Valley said. You know, being told policing a woman's body. Um, also telling women that they can only be housewives Mm -hmm. telling women that they only can fulfill certain roles like I feel like women can do everything there's matriarchal societies women have Mm -hmm. been warriors women can be queens there are more roles that a woman can fulfill other than being a domesticated housewife which all she do is cook and clean you know now we have the the um the idea of, you know, the independent woman, but now it it's like one of those things to where it's like if a woman is being too much of a woman, all of a sudden it's a threat to a man. Mm-hmm. Now the man can't be a man because the woman is being too much of a woman. Or the woman is seeing as being overly masculine because and being an independent woman, now she's not allowing a man to be a man because independence is not a part of what it means to be a woman like independence is associated with what it means to be a man so if a woman is independent or if a woman is strong or if she's outspoken or if she's out here making money then of course it would be a threat to being a man because what it means to be a man is all of that right yes see Yes, 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 yes. And women not giving roles where they had the sole authority. Women always mm-hmm. were given roles where they had to share their authority or they were under the authority of a man. Those are also signs of patriarchy and misogyny. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, now we pissed some people off today. that's fine you know if you have any questions any comments any feedback make sure y'all hit me up on instagram twitter and facebook i personally want y'all to hit me up on twitter you know i'll be i'll be coming with the polls the questions you know but it's it's fine all feedback i appreciate just make sure y'all hit me up on my social media accounts but that's pretty much all i have did you have any oh anything else you want to add love uh no, I think we covered a lot there. Okay. Um, do we want to talk about shiv- chivalry? Oh yeah, yes, ma'am. Okay. So chivalry. So it's an idea that was like invented back in I think it was the fourteen hundreds, like medieval times, basically. Hmm. Um, right when um, basically like uh, patriarchy was forming I guess like at least in the European sense before that it was like hunter-gatherer like very uncentralized government very uncentralized ideas or whatever so chivalry came into place when like kings and queens and all of that stuff came into place so Mm -hmm. chivalry um, basically is just the idea that men are to protect women in whatever way that means now 
on the surface, that sounds cute. Like, of course, like, oh, you know, you want the men to protect the women, but it comes with assumptions. First of all, it comes with the assumption that a woman needs to be protected. The Mm. second thing that it comes with is that a woman is unable to protect herself. Mm. And then it comes with, like, the assumption that, like, the men is capable of doing that. Like, again, it just, like, first, first it reinstates, like, this idea of patriarchy. But also it's, like, damaging to not only women because we're, like, cradled as this, like, little dainty needing to be protected right unable hopeless. to hopeless like needing like needing something else and it makes men have to be um like the protector the go-getter the whatever 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 um and I feel like I mean I don't know people always say stuff like chivalry is dead and blah 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 but like honestly why shouldn't it be like in this day and age where like chivalry was created to uphold what it means to be a man and what it means to be a woman. But like, if Mm -hmm. we're already seeing and, and what that means, like as a man is like, like I said before, independent and strong and all of this stuff. But if you see that those are being blurred, like why wouldn't chivalry die? Like a lot of people are, or a lot of conversation that I've heard surrounding the topic is like, Oh, well I want a man to hold my door or open my door and pull out my seat and blah, blah, blah. It's like, okay, well, like, you know, that's cute and everything, but what purpose does it actually serve, like, other than just reinstating the fact that you aren't capable of doing these things on your own? Mm. You know what I mean? Like, it's more damaging, I feel, than it is helpful to have chivalry existing. It It is a broad line. And I could be honest with saying I'm definitely <laughs> guilty of being one of those women. Uh-uh. You gonna open this door for me? Mm-hmm. You gonna hold this door for me? Like, Cause like I guess it's the romances, the romances, the <laughs> romanticization. Yes, basically <laughs> of the act, and I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's like, and then that's it is. It's exactly what you said too about like you know basically saying what it is to be a woman, what it is to be a man. Because then it's like if a man don't do that, oh, you're not a gentleman, right? Kind of thing. So then I'm definitely guilty of that. I'm definitely guilty. I don't know, like. <laughs> I think for me, it kind of becomes one of those things where it's like, I feel, I feel, I feel like a a queen almost. Mm -hmm. But then again, I don't know, like, because it is one of those things where it's like, okay, when is it okay for me to open the door for you or carry this for you compared to me being like, I can do this for myself kind of a thing. Right. Um, And even like, those things are fine. Like, I'm not saying I don't want a nigga. I don't know if you want to say nigga. <laughs> no, you but <laughs> I'm not saying that I wouldn't like for a man to open my door or pull out my seat or whatever. But then it's like, okay, those are like little cute things that happen in chivalry. But then it comes to like a man really feeling like you can't do the, like they owe that to you. Like, mm-hmm. it's fine if they hold your door open or whatever. But then it comes to this thing like, I don't know how to put it. It just, like I said, I feel like it's more damaging than it is helpful because, like, then it makes the man, it exalts the man, like, the one who's supposed to be doing these things for you. It gives him more responsibility than you. And then it just kind of, like, um, keeps you, keeps it all unbalanced. Like, 
if you can't pull out your own chair, then of course, why would they give you an equal pay? You know what I mean? Like it kind of gets into like I all of these deeper things. Like why would you have equal rights if they're doing more for you than you would be doing for them? You know what I mean? That's like, true. it's cute, but it gets way deeper in ways that you wouldn't even expect if it continues to just exist as it is, you know? Cause I know at my, the, uh, a, a previous position I had in my current job, you know, uh, was, was fueling planes or whatever. So, mm-hmm. Me being a woman, it's a male-dominated industry, um, and me being one of the few women that was out there doing that, a lot of times the guys would go ahead and hook up for me. Like, they'll do the whole thing. All I got to do is go out and hold this cord. Like, they, they <laughs> doing all of that. And I took it as, well, thank you, because this stuff is heavy. I don't want to, you know, mm-hmm. I don't, you know, I'm strong, and yes, I can do it, but thank you. You're making it so much easier for me. Thanks. I appreciate it. <laughs> um, but then it also becomes one of those things where it's like, okay, I don't need you doing this for me every time. Like, I'm mm-hmm. fully capable of doing this mm-hmm. myself. I knew what I was signing up for. I got this. And then it's like one of those things where, you know, guys are like, no, no woman should be doing this. You know? mm-hmm. And then it's one of those things where it's like some guys had issues with the fact that they seen um supervisors or women in general receiving so much help from mm-hmm. men that they like man that's not fair like don't nobody help us when we out there do, mm-hmm. you know so it it is a very complicated thing that is very true <laughs> oh man oh huh. i don't know what to say about that like be a gentleman yes mm-hmm. but- and i think it's so like engraved into our society like Race has been talked about a lot, so I feel like people are not even getting it, but, like, understanding it a little bit more, Mm -hmm. like, to where we understand that, like, okay, there's a binary between race. We understand that, you know, the things that go into play, like, if black and white didn't exist, everything would kind of be kind of funky or whatever. But we don't see that same parallel, that same exact parallel in gender dynamics, you know, like, in the gender binary, like, because I know exactly what you mean, like, I wasn't necessarily taught like that, but working under some of the people that I worked at when, you know, we went to the university, I think you know who I'm talking about. Yes. Like, she would always just be like, uh-uh, a man is supposed to do this for you. Exactly. And so it's like grooming you to think like this. And so, of course, you would feel empty or you would feel weird without, like, having that exist. Like, if that's constantly, uh, what's the word? I'm, I can't think of the word. But if that's constantly fed to you your whole life, and then all of a sudden uh, all of a sudden someone's like, yeah, but like, isn't that kind of fucked up to think of it like that? Or isn't that, shouldn't you want to like challenge that or something like that? Then you're going to be like, I mean, maybe, but like it doesn't feel right, you know, because your whole life you've been taught or you've been groomed to think a certain way and groomed to think that certain things were comfortable and, you know what I mean? So without it, it would feel weird. Right. And then it's like you feel like that you're lacking something because say, for example, if you are a woman that is very independent and I don't know, let's say you you have a hard time finding. uh, You have a hard time keeping relationships with men because mm-hmm. men feel emasculated by your independence, mm-hmm. which I feel like this happens a lot within mm-hmm. the black community. Um, because of things like, you know, mass incarceration, where Mm -hmm. a lot of black men, a lot of black boys are 
intentionally separated from their family. So now we have more black women than we have black men. And mm-hmm. how does this impact black relationships? How does this dynamic impact black love? And um, dang it, what was I about to say? Uh, so for women who have a hard time finding those relationships or for women who um get criticized by men because they're too independent and their Mm -hmm. independence uh it's emasculating to a man to where he felt like he can't be a man like where was i going with this crap 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 um but i do i do feel like that's a very big thing in the black family and then it's like because we have things such as mass incarceration um black women do have to fulfill the role of being the mothers and the fathers essentially because you know the fathers are not present Mm. and I feel like it's all it could also be one of those things where it's like some black men don't know how to be fathers or the way that they know how to be fathers it only goes so far you know and then it becomes that thing where it's like okay well if we're not always receiving a healthy representation of what a black uh Health, like a yeah, healthy representation of a black family. We have things such as mass incarceration where black men are being uh, incarcerated by the masses and we have a deliberate attack upon the black community where mm-hmm. we are being attacked and being murdered. Like how does these things impact black love and black relationships? And basically just talking about how there's such a strong imbalance within the black family like we have a lot more single black mothers than we may have black wives Mm. um and i can be honest in saying within my own family there aren't a lot of married women there are more women in my family because the men are either in jail or uh dead um and then we also just tend to give birth to a lot of women in my family but (laughs) um blame genetics for that one but yeah, like we don't, there aren't many marriages within my family. And I feel like that within itself is a deliberate attack upon the black community. And I feel like, again, that's something that's very common. Um, that's very interesting. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Well, <laughs> I know we definitely start the pot on this one, but again, <laughs> all feedback is welcome on social media. But that's pretty much all that we have for you guys. So we're going to go ahead and wrap this thing up and do a closeout. Make sure y'all follow my love, Nature Valley. Follow, your, follow her Twitter podcast account at IJWTFK. And you can mm-hmm. also follow her podcast at I Just Want to Fucking Know. Available on Anchor. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, <laughs> Radio Public, Breaker, Stitcher, Pocket Cast, Overcast, and Castbox. Woo! Proud <laughs> of the Lord. Um, but we're going to go ahead and wrap this thing up. Thank you guys for tuning in with me, coming to get these spiritual vibrations for your mental stimulation. I have been your hostess, Keith. And thank you again, Nature Valley, for doing this with me. Of we got some course. dope episodes about to drop. <laughs> on y'all this week so y'all make sure y'all finish listening to the further culture series and y'all have a beautiful blessed night good night night guys